Welcome back to Take Us McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour, where we explore the many issues that arise due to aging, disability, and unexpected illness. I'm your co-host, Tim Takus, and today we're talking about legislation, specifically legislation relating to seniors. And I'm Barbara McGinnis. In this segment, we're going to be talking with Shelley Corrington, who's the Advocacy Director for AARP, and she's going to tell us about what's um, going on with um, the AARP and what you're lobbying for. So, what's going on? What's an Advocacy Director do? So my job is a lot uh, at different times. Um, I work on our state legislative agenda, uh, preparing what we're going to push forward in each legislative session. I work with our team, our volunteers, our members to determine what's important to them and then move those issues forward. Um, as you can imagine, we're interested in anything that protects um, older individuals and advances them so that they can live their best lives. So working in, so uh, on financial exploitation, abuse, uh, we also work on issues like expanding broadband and mm -hmm. um, expanding retirement options so that people have many different ways that they can um, have live a very full retirement. So there's some things probably that you're working on right now. What are the big things that you're working on? So right now we're working on work that would allow people to uh, retire better. So looking for options for small businesses to have 401k plans. Right now it's hard if you're a very small business to have uh, retirement savings for your employees. That's something when people are looking, should they hire another person or should they offer retirement savings? They often go with adding more people to, to their company. But retirement savings is something that's really important. And if we look long term, if people have the ability to save for retirement, then they are less likely to be on government services when they're older. Mm -hmm. So those are state level programs mm -hmm. or legislation. What about what's going on at a federal level? Is AARP involved with the Medicare conversation? We are definitely involved with the Medicare conversation. In fact, Medicare and Social Security are both kind of our backbone of our organization. There really isn't any conversation around Medicare or Social Security that AARP isn't a part of. I think what's also important just to make sure your viewers know is AARP is a nonpartisan organization and it means that we don't endorse any candidate, we don't give to PACs, uh, we don't give any money to any candidate. So, the issues that we take on are purely policy-based and based on what the 50-plus are interested in. As far as the Medicare conversation, we're interested in um, looking at where Medicare is going and what m may shape and change Medicare as part of the discussions in Congress, and there's been a lot of discussions of late. Okay, so such as? Such as the Medicare limits on are removing the cap on therapy services. Mm -hmm. Previously, there had been a cap on speech and physical therapy and all others. And if you were a stroke a victim. So what's the cap first? Tell us what that is. Or, or do you so it's a cap on financial amounts. So the, okay. uh, the number of hours and the, um, the amount of money that could be spent on your therapy. I don't remember what it was, sure. but now it is removed, so that's the good part. Okay. And so if you have an illness, like a stroke, or you have Alzheimer's, and you need um, a lot of therapy around maybe speech therapy, 
or you need uh, more physical therapy, then now you can get the services you need without having to spend a lot of money out of pocket. Gotcha. Well, probably another big thing that AARP is working on with Medicare would be this observation status. Yes, this is huge. This, this is, is huge. huge. <laughs> yeah. So tell us difference. more. So observation status, if you're under observation in a hospital, um, then you're listed as outpatient. But to qualify to go to skilled nursing, you have to have three days inpatient. So mama has goes to the hospital because she's having heart problems mm -hmm. or something and she's waiting there and she thinks she's a patient, but she's right. not. Right, she thinks she's a patient and she's not. You as her family member think that she's a patient because she's receiving all the same care that she would receive if she was inpatient. And so we want for those patients that are there as outpatient under observation, for that to be credited towards so that Medicare can then cover their skilled nursing mm -hmm. um, coverage. Because without it, then families are paying lots of money out of pocket that's just unnecessary when the care that they receive in the hospital is the same. Yeah. So the system, the way it's supposed to, the way it does work for a Medicare patient in the hospital, they have to be in the hospital for three midnights, mm -hmm. right? Be Correct. And then before they're discharged to skilled rehab mm -hmm. for Medicare Part A to pay for that skilled rehab. Correct. And so if they're not admitted and they're just observation, but they're still in that same bed, the same nurses are taking care mm -hmm. of them, et cetera, that doesn't count right now. Right. But hopefully we, we can get right. some legislation that would change. Uh, change that. Yeah. Right, right, right. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Because I mean, you, okay, maybe if you're a patient, you become a patient maybe 20 or 36 hours later. Right, right. Well, it means you should have been a patient 36 hours previous to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Your care, the, the way that you were treated there is still the same. Mm -hmm. They're still running all the same tests. They're noting all the same things in your, your chart. They're doing all those things. So your care doesn't change. Yeah. What changes is how Medicare pays for it. Yeah. Pays for the hospital okay. stay and, and for the skilled, skilled rehab nurse. following. So Absolutely. who doesn't like that? I mean, I'm just thinking, thinking about well, why it, that makes no sense or, I mean, who's pushing back on that? Well, you know, I think there are a lot of different pieces. Probably the cost of Medicare is there and so it's mm -hmm. something that we have to, you know, look at. But when we're looking at the safety and security of the person, mm -hmm and where they're going home and how they're being cared for and then ultimately coming back to that hospital is ultimately in everyone's best interest to move this forward. Right. And AARP's got 38 million members nationwide. They're all raising their voice to make sure that we can make this happen. Okay. So what about mandatory retirement? Yeah, we don't like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really, when you look at everyone Age is not something that you can just say that at 65 or 70, you're done. Mm -hmm. People have so much to contribute as they age, whether it's experience or background or their history. And you can't just say at an age that no one is qualified any longer. You should be able to base it on performance and um, way the job has you know, grown, how all those things, but just a mandatory age requirement doesn't make any sense. Because we all know people who 
are different at different ages, you know. Right. So what's AARP doing about that? So we are actively working against age discrimination. Um, we, uh, that is a huge part of what we spend our time in Congress working on. We have been involved in the age discrimination fight. Right now the pilot issue uh -huh. is limited at 70 in uh -huh. the Senate, but that's still, we don't want any age number. So is there a retirement age for people in Congress? No. <laughs> <laughs> so how can seniors stay abreast? How do they know what AARP is working on? The best way to do that is to go to aarp.org slash vote. And that way you can keep up with all the issues that are there. You can also see what you need to do to register to vote. Uh, Tennessee ranks 50th in voter turnout. We are really wow. bad. And, oh, and there are almost a million Tennesseans who are not registered to vote. Uh, but when you look at the 50 plus voting block, we're the largest turnout for voter, in voting Tennessee? In, um, in Tennessee and everywhere. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. everywhere. So we really need folks to, you know, register to vote and then go vote. Doesn't matter how you vote, just go vote. Exercise your right. Mm -hmm. But you can go to aarp.org slash vote and get all the information on the candidates and the issues and the things that you care about so that you can be an educated voter. Right. Can you contact uh, AARP about that? Absolutely. Um, there are uh, ways on the webpage where you can fill out information, do that along with a 1-800 number that I cannot remember off the top of my head. But That's okay. We've got uh, contact <laughs> info. I'm going to say 1-800-AARP, but that's probably not right. That's not right. Yeah. But <laughs> right. So don't listen to me out there about that. So it looks like we have you up there. Great. Okay, and you're Sherry Corrington, Advocacy Director of AARP. Correct. Do, can people contact you directly, or, we, or do, we want to, do we want to go down that road with you? <laughs> well, it's best if they just contact the number that's there so that they can get uh, put to the right area of the organization that they want to. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely, uh, once those calls come in, if they're advocacy-related, they're all directed they're gonna to me. They're going to come to you. They're right. going to come to me anyway. So. All right, well, Shelly, thanks for coming here. and. Uh, Stay with us, there'll be more on legislation and seniors when we return. Don't go away.